Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome, welcome, guys, to Evolve. I am your host, Mona Brennata. I'm so happy to be here with you again this week and that you've tuned in and that you're listening and exchanging some energy. Last week, as I was preparing for the show, the idea of the beautiful way in which the great indigenous people of our country floated up into my spirit. And I saw them with their quiet strength the wisdom of Mother Earth cradled in their bosoms. And I spoke to you about synchronicity and how they happened to tap into it long before anyone was there to teach them. They knew about this concept without being told. They were listening. And they were aware of not only their intuitions, but the animal totems that were always around them. Well, as synchronicity and fate would have it, Two days after that show aired, a majestic and fortuitous event occurred. This magical thing happened amid the increasing unrest and volatility that has been unfurling in regards to the Dakota Access Pipeline protests. What's been going on is that these people have been standing in opposition to the Dakota Access Pipeline, which is a $3.7 billion investment to move so much oil, many, many barrels of domestic crude of oil a day through four states. And I'm not saying we don't need oil, but I'm saying there are ways that we can figure out how to do this. So these people are out there. They're standing up against what they see as corporate greed and an environmental threat and assault on what they think is a sacred land. And they're demonstrating. And that demonstration has become their daily beloved work. And journalists were out there and they're documenting them in the midst of this precious work that they're doing every day, standing up for Mother Earth. And with each shot and interview, these journalists from Amy Goodman to many others captured the accompanying brutality that was going on of the indigenous people 
and the allies, because people guys are coming from all over the world, not just our country, not just the Dakotas, all over the world to stand in solidarity with the Sioux Reservation. And and that's when it happened. This journalist is interviewing one of the indigenous people and he's saying, it's not right. They don't understand. We're not just doing this for us. This isn't a selfish endeavor. This is something we're doing for them. This is something we're doing for Earth. And just then, in the distance, a cloud of dust rose and sweeping over the hill emerged a herd of what the Sioux people call Tatanka or Buffalo. Their hooves were beating the plains like 10,000 timpanies. And as a band nerd, that's a beautiful sound. <laughs> and as you can imagine, it was a sweet sound to the indigenous culture who honor these bison. Uh, and they call them a, a, a nation. They call them the Tatanka Ayoti or Buffalo Nation, which is a symbol of sacrifice to them as the bison give their lives to provide food, shelter, and clothing. And, and through the use of their meat, they help keep, keep these people alive. It's what sustained them for hundreds of years. They, they maintain this spiritual tradition with the bison, believing that as long as the buffalo are, are allowed to roam, and they believe that the buffalo are a great gift from the great spirit. So as long as they're roaming free and the herds are bountiful, the sovereignty of the indigenous people will remain strong. In the midst of these mass arrests and mace attacks and beatings from batons, something that harkens back to the civil rights movements of the 1960s, which has just absolutely been chilling to me to watch this happen again in 2016. In the midst of all of that chaos, a stampede of these bison suddenly appear near the Standing Rock protest camp. These brave Native Americans have been attempting to stop this pipeline, okay, guys? They just don't want it built on their land. And in the midst of this, when all hope is gone and judges have passed orders for for buildings to happen, and then President Obama stepped in and he said no, and now it's being litigated once more. In the midst of this, this herd of buffalo emerges and let me tell you when they appeared a great rally cry erupted and a nation of sioux and those allies i told you about knew that it was no coincidence this message was a synchronistic event they had been praying and that's the thing they'd been talking about it to the reporters and the journalists but they'd been praying for assistance from the buffalo during their standoff while the riot police are beating them down and sicking dogs on them, and they're dealing with the combative National Guardsmen, they had been praying. And here it was, bold, it was clear, their prayers had been heard. I got goosebumps, honestly, as I watched the video, not because it seemed impossible, but because it confirmed the great truth of synchronicity. Here I was, talking about this a few days earlier and talking about the Native American people. And as I'm preparing my lessons, I pray, I meditate, and I ask for guidance. And that floated up. I really believe it was given to me. What a beautiful way. It wasn't given to me um, just for this reason, but I feel like there is a synchronicity that's always happening. 
The universe is always listening and always responding. Across the country, just a week later, in a town that I spent many years of my life, another oil-centered calamity literally exploded onto the national news, and it's tucked away in Helena, Alabama. A pipeline exploded as crews were performing maintenance, and it's just regular maintenance, guys. Four people were injured, and I think now the reports are up to seven, and one person lost their life. People were forced to evacuate their quaint suburban homes, and let me tell you, this place is idyllic. It looks like a postcard. It looks like a Thomas Kincaid painting. I, I've lived there for many years, and it's a beautiful little country town. So people were forced to evacuate their homes. And according to AL.com, this tragedy happened just five miles away, west of a recent colonial pipeline gas leak. Just five miles away, they'd already had some rumblings. The earth was already talking to them. Things were already starting to be shaken up. And this just happened very recently before this explosion. One of the signs that struck me when I was researching the site of the Standing Rock protests said this, oil and water don't mix and humans and oil don't mix. In the wake of this most unfortunate event, some of the Sioux people have been making connections to the Helena, Alabama tragedy. They've been making connections to that situation. And they're saying, this is the reason, the very reason that we are so vehemently protesting. We're trying to protect any more innocent people from succumbing to the inevitable destruction and loss of resources that these good people in Helena, Alabama suffered. What I do know is that our earth is precious and Mother Earth is often crying out to be heard. Our job is to hear her. Our job is to respect her and each other and to strive to cohabitate peacefully. So I just want to right now send my thoughts and prayers out to all of the persons injured and the families of all who are involved and especially to the family of the deceased in Helena. And in Standing Rock, I pray that you stand firm in your convictions. Your cries for justice are being carried on the wind and your efforts are not in vain. These stories over the past few weeks have turned up a lot of feelings and feelings, deep running feelings, are the stuff of the moon. And we all know that the moon is primarily responsible for the rising and the falling of ocean tides. But something else important to note here is that our bodies are 60% water. We are like 60% comprised of water. And you may say, what does that have to do with anything, Monette? Well, this is something that I've always said to my clients. It stands to reason that if we are comprised of 60% water, that we would be affected by the energetic force that is so powerful, it pulls the shoreline up like a blanket and tucks in the sand like a nurturing mother. Of course, we're going to be affected by the pull of the moon. And it's the closest planet, guys, to Earth, as you well know. 
and it literally zips around the Zodiac, completing its circuit in less than a month. So because of that, it touches us much more deeply than some of the other planetary involvement. For instance, we will get into a lesson in the future about Saturn returns, which are very important to know about. But that takes 28 and a half years from the time that you're born for that to cycle back into your life. So that's just a contrast and a comparison to how quickly the moon can affect us because it's coming back around very fast. So it is the ruler of the tides and it is fitting that it should be the ruler of our emotions. We've all heard these sayings, guys. Still waters run deep, making waves, or she was making waves, or he was making waves. A wellspring of emotion. You see, our emotions have long been portrayed in terms of the sea, fluid and momentous and churning from within. Our mood swings, our instincts, how we feel about things and how our feelings affect others are all influenced by the moon. Whereas the sun gives us our spirit, that bright shining spirit we talked about, that first part of the triad, it's the moon that gives us our soul. I mean, that's Blues Brothers, that's James Brown, that's music for me, but also it's the moon. And it's no coincidence that the moon and music are associated as well because um, you think about when you're first born and, and the thing that really is a comfort and soothing thing to you is that song from your mother. She may be singing to you before you're ever out. And mother is associated with moon and nurture. So all these things are why music has the ability to kind of transcend all kinds of boundaries and cultural boundaries, but also how it helps us soothe, how we sing those lullabies to our children when they're born, how we might even put on a song to help us go through a breakup when we're emotional or to help us get out of a rut or to motivate us when we're working out. That's all tied to the moon. The moon is a goddess in that it symbolizes mother, like we just talked about, and the relationship between a woman and a child. This planet speaks to women in, in, in the life of the role, the nurturer. It's about fertility. It's about pregnancy. And it's about childbirth. So all of these things are aspected with the moon or governed by the moon. We see the moon casting its silvery glow from our earliest moments, like I spoke about again. When we are stroked and we're first caressed by our mother and we're loved and we felt her tender touch, that's all moon stuff, guys. Our emotions have this way of manifesting themselves through our being and they set the tone for our daily lives. The moon is party to this in all ways and in this continuum and it renders us a vital one moment and fragile the next. So that means... Here we go. <laughs> we're up and then we're down. We are naughty. We're nice. We may laugh wildly or cry at will. This is all through the moon's energy. We also endeavor through the moon's energy to reconcile these varied emotions. We're always trying to come into balance. We're always trying to find equilibrium. And that's so that we can make ourselves complete and one with the world. The moon also helps us to see which, what we want, which way we want to go, and to use the memory 
and our past as part of this process. So one of the ways that we connect with ourselves is to remember that didn't feel so good. That thing that I did before, I didn't like. (laughs) That kind of hurt. That person hurt me this way. And so we use that as a barometer for what we do in our future selves. That's all part of the moon. So it's important to note here, too, again, that the moon spends roughly two and a half days in each sign. It takes 28 days to go through, to circumnavigate the zodiac, and it's feminine energy, and it rules cancer and the fourth house. And we'll talk about houses at a later time. We'll get into houses because there's a lot to the astrology stuff, so we're going to unpack that um, a little bit at a time together. So that's what you need to know about the moon. And now we're going to unpack the aspects of the moon in our astrology chart. I'm going to go through each one. We've all heard about being wary on a full moon or knowing that full moons bring out the crazy. My mother, who has worked in uh, the hospital industry for many years and has worked some third shifts as well, always tells me these stories about the strangest occurrences happening, the most crazy kind of um, accidents and weird things. And the nurses and the doctors, they all joke amongst themselves. It's a full moon. That is not a cliche. (laughs) This is really happening, guys. So as we just spoke about, there's much more to it than that. There's a softer side. There's that nurturing side as well. So a few weeks ago, we did talk about that rising sign as well as your sun sign, which is a sign that I said most of you guys would be familiar with. We all know, like, what's your sign? Well, the moon is about, again, how we're feeling. And it is the final part and the most important part, in my opinion, because without a soul, what are we? It's the most important part of that triad. And it really helps you to understand yourself. It has a great spell-like influence over us. And the following is an excerpt from the book, The Necklace of Goddess Athena by Esophrini Muscadai. And I think that it perfectly captures the moon's essence. There are nights, for instance, especially in August, where the view of the full moon from the top of the Acropolis Hill or from a high terrace could steal your breath away. The moon would slide over the clouds like a seducing princess dressed in her finest silvery silk, and the sky would be full of stars that trembled feebly like servants that bowed to her. During those nights under the light of the August full moon, the city of Athens would become an enchanted kingdom that slept lazily under the sweet light of its ethereal mistress. I think that perfectly captures what's happening when we're dealing with the moon. And now let's talk about how the moon affects you individually. And at the end of this, I'm going to tell you again how you can find your natal birth chart, which is really important to understand where your moon placement is. I'll tell you now and I'll tell you again. You can go to cafeastrology.com, all connected one word there, cafeastrology.com, and search natal birth chart. You can even put into your Google search bar, cafe astrology birth chart, and it will pop up even faster so you don't have to navigate the site. And then you just need to know the month and the time and the day that you were born and your name and the original county. And those things you can find on your birth certificate. You can just put those in 
and it will generate a full report to you with really wonderful in-depth definitions of where your sun, moon, and many other planets, which we will be talking about all of this over the course of our time together, but it will really give you an idea. The three that I really recommend you getting in touch with is the sun, the rising sign, which we spoke about, and now the moon. And it's very easy to find. You'll see a chart and it will say it on the side. So we'll get to that again in a minute. But first, let's get into Aries. And that's interesting I say, but first, because Aries is the baby of the Zodiac. Now, and that doesn't mean (laughs) that they're babies, but what it means is every Zodiac sign has an association with it, whether it's an animal, whether it's uh, the for Virgo, the Virgin, Leo, the Lion. Uh, They're also rams. Aries are also rams. So there's an animal sign, but there's an idea of who they are. Uh, For Taurus, the ideology for Taurus is I have. They're very identified with their possessions and things they have make them feel safe and secure. So for Aries, they're the baby. That means they're first. (laughs) And that's how it's been arranged in our Western astrology. If you have a natal moon in Aries, which is what it will be called, your natal moon, when you're looking on that birth chart, you have a tendency to react impulsively. You use your instincts in situations. I know someone, a friend of mine, who is a businesswoman who is an Aries and has a moon in this placement. She's a fantastic businesswoman, but she is moving by sounds that are happening under the earth. She's not paying attention to what you're saying. She's listening to what you're emitting. Very fascinating. I also believe that Steve Jobs had some Aries planetary movement, and that's how come he was bold and he was a pioneer. Because he didn't ask questions, he didn't seek approval. What he did was he reacted to the market. He reacted and he got things going that other people told him were impossible. So this is the benefit of having that Aries in your moon. You have a short fuse sometimes, guys. So this is something to know. And you can blow your top at a moment's notice. But you're not one to hold a grudge. And that's that's the thing that's really important. Um you won't hold a grudge because you guys move on very quickly. I want you to think again about a baby. <laughs> how quick is a baby's attention span? How short is their attention span? How much can they really pay attention? And it's because they're creating at all times. Everything is a new discovery for them. And that's how it is for the person with the Aries moon. Now, unless they have a lot of Scorpio or a prominent Pluto in their chart, they will release things very quickly. Or the tendency to hold on to things a little longer. You usually just let things go. And you don't take them to heart and you move on quickly uh, because you're always looking for the next thing. They're always ready for the next deal. And again, think of Steve Jobs here. They crave action. They have to have something to do all the time or they get anxious and they get irritable. And this placement is highly impatient. (laughs) So you don't want to have things done now. You want them done yesterday. And that is really true of this Aries placement. You also want them done a week ago. (laughs) Nothing operates as fast as you'd like it. So learning patience can be beneficial. Though if you have earth in your chart, and we'll talk about that, you may not be as impatient as some other Aries moon people. And to feel emotionally secure, you need independence. And anyone who tries to smother you is not someone that you'll want to be around. You can be hard to pin down. It's also... uh, to un- needs you need to understand that it could be difficult in relationships though you may be romantic because it is really your way or the highway and the thing is you're smart you get things done 
you have a right feeling about things, but that romantic side will come in later as you really start to grow into yourself. You need people who are able to not only keep up with you, but actually provide you with some stimulation. And so when you're stressed out, physical action can help you calm yourself. It's very important for people with this aspect in their chart to be moving, to be in the gym, to be part of a hobby or sport, because you're able to release a lot of that energy. Here's the thing, Aries, there's there's so many layers to this, but Aries is associated with... Um, movement and action and fire. It's a fire sign. Okay. Uh, so that's something to know. And I believe actually Aries deals with, um, Mars, which is the God of war. They, they are conjuncted. And that means not just that you want war, but it means you have to have action. You have to have that movement. So it's very important. As simple as going for a walk guys can release some of the stress and the energy dancing, swimming, anything that keeps you active. So the key for Aries is keep moving, (laughs) be ahead of the game. They're the one that's going to be through the door first, but they're also going to be the one with a brilliant idea that changes the world. The natal moon in Taurus. Having your moon in Taurus can make you very emotionally stable. You're not one to swing from mood to mood quickly or, or having any easy routine. It's very easy for you to kind of just be and be still. You tend to believe in the happy medium thing. So you are very opposite of Aries here. Uh, Even though your signs are so close together, you do not move quickly like this. In fact, everything for you is very slow, plodding even, and deliberate. The downfall here with the Taurus moon can be the lack of intensity when the moment requires it, especially in situations where you need to react quickly. You try to make situations work for you by squeezing as much time as you can allow yourself and slowly, 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 and deliberately go over things. Here's where Taurus gets into trouble sometimes with this aspect, the Taurus moon. These people have a tendency to be late, like chronically late, because they are sure that the world is waiting for them. And that's that Taurus moon energy of like, I've got time, plenty of time. (laughs) And they come in, And people might interpret it as diva behavior, but it's because they've 1000% rationalized it to themselves. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I had a former client who used to set alarms all over her house with this aspect. And she, none of her clocks were correct. And I would go do readings for her. And I'd say, what time is it? And she'd say, oh, well, my phone is 20 minutes fast and my stove is 30 minutes fast and my alarm clock by my bed is an hour fast. And I'm thinking, how do you ever get anywhere? Well, the answer was she didn't. (laughs) With all of that setting of the clocks and all of that pre-planning to never be late, she somehow managed to always be incredibly late. And this was a placement that was in her chart. They don't take things too lightly or too seriously. Here's the thing for people. If you're interested in somebody that has this placement in their chart, they're very sensual and they love to get you in touch with your senses and stimulating each one to allow yourself to feel most in tune with yourself in the earth because Taurus is an earth sign and other uh, Taurus natal moon people that I've worked with have this fantastic taste. Taurus people, period. They really are in touch with their five senses. They love soft, comfortable bedding. They love good food that's rich. That's a a little thing to watch out for there. They love comfort because that is what makes them feel secure. They also love acquisition, okay? They really love to have things. That also makes them feel secure. They even like nature, So even if they're not into camping, uh, maybe they're glamping, but the thing about them with nature is they have, they like to have awesome views. So if a tourist can have a choice between the bottom apartment or condo and the top floor, they're going to go for the top floor. If you've got this position in your chart, because you want to have a view, that's really important to you. And some of the people that have this placement in their chart are environmentalists. And when you don't feel so great, though, Taurus, you may be prone to overindulging your senses. And this is where I was talking about. It usually comes via food and sometimes even sex. If you find yourself swaying one way emotionally, you can get stuck there because you guys don't have that quick bounce back that Aries do. This is something you have to be cautious about if this is your placement, because it means that you can really get stuck there. And here's the thing, guys. I am speaking from experience. My moon is in Taurus. So these things that I'm telling you are hitting me right where I live. I uh, went to culinary school and love food and I can make anything, but that is a place where I can indulge. And that is a place where I can also nourish and nurture other people. And I love beautiful things. And this is all aspected in the Taurus moon, but I can be stuck sometimes. Even doing this and teaching other people, I have to be very cognizant and aware of the energies that are around me because I need to be able to move. Fortunately, I have some other fire and things in my chart that help balance me out, but this is something that is part of my personality. So Taurus moon natives who also suffer from emotional problems or get stuck for much longer periods of time. When you're dealing with this, this in your chart, breakups take a longer time for you to heal from where somebody else is like, why are you even still talking about that? You're going over it in your head. And that's that propensity to get stuck, especially if you have other indicators in your chart, like Virgo or any water signs. So that's what you need to know. If you are a Taurus natal moon, if your natal moon is in Gemini, 
you have to know this. <laughs> you're going to want to talk and talk. And then you're going to want to talk some more. And then after that, you're going to want to talk some more. Gemini moons almost need conversation like the rest of us need water. Okay. It's so important for them to be verbal. They have to talk. Luckily for you, if you have this placement, you're a pretty good conversationalist. You're engaging. You're thoughtful. You really connect with people and make it feel like you're hearing them. You like to observe people too. So like going to a cafe somewhere, whether it's in the States or in Paris, is so interesting to you because you love to watch. It's like an anthropological study to you. Gemini is a mutable sign, which means that they're easily changed. And they're also indicative of the twins. You've heard that, the duality of the Gemini. And that is a very true thing. You can be easily influenced by what you observe. You need a lot of intellectual stimulation and to be kept busy. Otherwise, you'll get bored and cranky quickly. You don't want things to remain as is unless you've got Scorpio. Again, that Scorpio and Earth in a chart really can ground you. But you don't want things to remain as is. You prefer constant change, especially at home. I've worked with some Gemini clients that are constantly rearranging their home. Now, the Gemini in the sun and the Gemini in the moon constantly changing things up in their home because this makes them feel at home where to somebody else it might be maddening why is the couch over there this week they might say to the gemini moon they say i just wanted to try that out (laughs) i just wanted to see if that was going to work and so they make it work okay their mood swings may be observed by most of the family and the people that are close to them uh and it's important because people have a way of perceiving a gemini natal moon as being two-faced also if you have a gemini natal sun they, they might see you as two-faced and that's playing into that duality of the twins. So you have to understand this is not, it's a facet of your personality, but it is not going to hold you back. It doesn't impede you. You can make this work for you. It's just something you have to be aware of. You can be sweet with strangers, uh, sour with loved ones. And that's usually how it goes for the Gemini. Their real self comes out with their loved ones. (laughs) Strangers would see them and be like, I, she would never say that. He would never say that. He would never do that. And their family's giving the side eye and saying, really, (laughs) you don't know. (laughs) You have no idea because there is that duality that's there. If they're unhappy, it's because they don't have enough to do or they don't feel like their life is changing in the way they want it to. They can be prone to trying to apply logic to the emotions and want to talk about feelings, but this cannot really go deep. They're not truly that much in touch with their emotions. When you have this aspect, superficial things work for you because you can move on very quickly from a superficial thing. Gemini natal moons don't really like anything that bogs them down. So they keep themselves at a certain distance, which can confuse everyone else around them. The thing I have to say to you, Gemini natal moons and Gemini suns is don't wall yourself off. We love you. We love you. And we want to be in your life. But that's how they process is that walling off. So if you have that going on, it's just something to know. It's not a detriment. Everything we talk about can be worked with, can be worked out, and can be worked through. Natal moon and cancer. You need to feel supported and nurtured. And you like to nurture others as well. This is the mother, the sign of the mother. Remember I was telling you, that um, when we were, as actually, as we were beginning, I was talking about how the moon is associated with the fourth, fourth house, which is in Cancer, and it's about nurture and mother, which ties back into 
everything about moon and mother and nurture. So here it is. So if you have this, this is like ultimate moon. This is like moon on steroids right here, moon and cancer. So the, that support and that nurturing is so important for them. They want comfort and familiarity. They aren't fond of major changes, so they will not try to rock the boat. And they can be cautious. And just how cautious really depends on others and other factors in the chart. A lot of water or earth, again, can make you overly cautious, while a lot of fire can make you less cautious. So again, it's all about that balance. You can really get in touch with your emotions. Being not only a water sign, but the natural ruler of the moon, you can have a long memory, especially with things that touch you. This can be bad for those that harm you in some way because you likely will not forget any time soon or ever. I mean, ever, 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 ever. Like that is how a natal cancer moon operates. Your home, your family is very important to you. You need warm surroundings, happy happy hearth, happy home. You like a place that has stability. You like peace and stability. And your home may be cave-like. The thing about cancers is that they will decorate with maybe darker colors. Those things feel very comforting to them where someone else might walk in and be like, why are the blackout curtains up and why is it maroon in here? That to them feels like the best thing ever. Uh, Cancers are associated in the animal kingdom with the crab and the crab literally lives inside of this cave (laughs) that he's built for himself and, and only leaves it when he molts and moves into a new home. And the thing about that is that very much mirrors the real life cancer person. They also, it also talks about how they deal with conflict. So if you're dealing with a crab, sun or natal moon and you're confronting them directly, that doesn't work. What they will do is what you see a crab do in nature and it is scuttle off to the side. They do not like being approached directly. So you, if you have a cancer moon or sun in your life that you love, you have to go to the side indirectly and approach them. Otherwise they retreat and they get protective. That's something important to know about a cancer. So anyone that makes you feel good and secure is someone you'll hold on tight for the rest of your life. But that means cancers that you guys can be a little bit clingy. There's always a little good and a little bad and everybody is fine. We all have some things to work on. So for the cancer friend, if you're best friends with a cancer, that's your best friend for life, like for life forever. Uh, and she will not take it too kindly, he or she, if you decide to bring new people into the fold. Hashtag no new friends. That is the cancer's motto, okay? That is how they feel. They are very sensitive, and though it may be with their own feelings more than the feelings of others, because the thing is, cancers can be very acerbic. They have a biting tongue, quick observation, and if you have hurt them, those pinchers come out, and you will get a earful about who you really are as far as they observe it to be. So you have to know that, and that's why you approach from the side. Play nice, guys. Approach from the side. Experiences and people touch them in meaningful ways, and sometimes it can make them react illogically. Now that doesn't mean that they're not thinking things through. It just means that they're very driven by those emotions. So again, we talked about 60% of our body being water. And we talked about this sign is the house of the moon, fourth house cancer ruled by the moon. So these people are all those feelings that we have a couple days out of the month when it's breezing through our sign, the moon's breezing through our sign. Cancers are inundated with that that very heavy weight 
that luminous weight of the moon. And so be patient with your cancer loved ones because they are trying. Just imagine if you felt like you were dealing with a full moon 24 hours a day for 30 days of the month. Uh, It's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. Next up is our natal moon in Leo. Leos like to get attention. They like affection. They like love. They like praise. If you want to win over a Leo in your life, you find out they're a Leo at the office pool. You figure out that that older lady over there is a Leo or that younger man over there is a Leo. The way to win their heart and to have them be absolutely loyal to you forever is to tell them how beautiful they look that day. Leos can be a little vain uh, and they really respond well to flattery. What's interesting to me is that uh, our presidential candidates, uh, I've been looking at their charts and maybe we'll talk about this after this whole election, <laughs> but Donald Trump has Gemini rising, that loquacious talkative thing. He's got some Leo as well. I, I believe it's Leo, Gemini, and he has another fantastic sign in there. But that Leo loves those compliments. And you see that the way to his heart or the way to cause kryptonite to happen to him is by insulting him or praising him. That's very much the reaction of somebody with Leo in their chart. They very much um, may not, if now if you have a moon sign in Leo, you may not be as flashy as that sun face first Leo, unless you have more Leo in your chart or the sun's in your first house. You feel emotionally secure when you get praise, especially praise you think you deserve. <laughs> you like for people to pay attention to you and you feel that your love, if you feel that your loved ones are ignoring you, you'll mope around and make it a much bigger deal than it probably is. Usually this will only be at home, not in front of others because Leos are all about saving face. They're all about the way that they present themselves. They are too self-conscious and want people to only think the best of them. So you may need to make an effort to treat your family well and not just let them get your moodiness and demand their constant attention. And this is very important. This is how this creative placement uh, can really work for you. If you're not lazy, you can be warm. You can be generous. You want everyone to play fair. You can have an enormous sense of pride and wound if a wound happens or your ego is wounded, it stings far more than the most than the rest of us. You may let things go quicker, but for the time being, you will definitely act like you won't. You'll have a tantrum. <laughs> Leos can definitely have tantrums. Some Leos that you know that are Leo sons that are famous are people like Halle Berry, Madonna. Um, I can name a few more if I'm give myself a minute here. Kevin Spacey. I think about actors, actresses, and musicians that I find to be great at their craft. Elton John. Think of the flash with Elton John. He's a Leo son. So that's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with a Leo. Now onto the natal moon in Virgo. A master of details you are. Okay. Now here's a Virgo woman. We just talked about celebrities. Beyonce is a Virgo woman's son. A master of details. She has crafted a career from the very beginning and has always, you know, I've seen videos of her when she was a kid and she was bossing people around and she was telling them to get their counts right and that their harmonies were off. She was 11. This is just who she is, okay? A master of detail. And that is what the Virgo moon presents. You like having things to do, feeling that you're needed, and you don't mind doing the kind of things most of us find boring. If people show you proper appreciation for it, depending on other factors, you might be more happy than just living a normal life, which other people may not understand since it's pretty unrealistic. You like structure, organization. 
You might be one of those people who cleans when they're stressed out if you've got a moon in this part of your chart. Others may think you're too predictable, but you're likely okay with that unless you're an Aquarius because Aquarius has some quirky aspects to it. Uh, You're pretty dependable, guys. Pretty dependable. When you're unhappy or stressed, you'll probably nag and can whine with the best of them. You can be over analytical and have problems with your nerves. That's something to pay attention to with this aspect and placement. The problems with the nerves. You also need to learn how to relax and let yourself be. You're really hard on yourself, which means that what we have inside of us, we give to others. It means that you can be very critical of others as well. You are very much tapped into this excessive perfectionist thing. And it's okay. We all have flaws, but you've got a good sense of humor. And then that's probably a self-depreciating sense of humor in a good-natured way. In relationships, you're usually not one for grand gestures, but do a lot of little everyday things. I worked with a client a few years ago that had this placement who was always doing the bake sales at church and she was always helping out. Now here's where the Virgo came in. She would grumble. They're taking advantage of me, but she'd be so upset if they didn't call her for the carpool or the bake pool the next week. That's something that you Virgos with this placement needs to understand how to balance. Okay. Uh, You like being of service to people. That is your life's mission. If you're a Virgo son, or if you have this placement, being of service really, really matters to you. It's very important for you to be of service. So you got to tap into that in a healthy way and set boundaries that are healthy. Otherwise, you'll go off the rails with feeling a little bit frazzled, overwhelmed, and too pulled upon. If your natal moon is in Libra, you usually feel that you need to be in a relationship to be secure. This also goes for the Libra sun. That relationship to be secure is an important thing. And you may always spend a lot of time around people. Libra moons do not like to be alone. Many of these natives are the ones who can't eat dinner alone. They don't go to the bathroom alone. They don't want to go to the beach alone. They want to share everything with people. Libra is a very sociable kind of diplomatic aspect to have. Very charming. You want everything to be with people. Feeling that strength is in numbers is what Libra taps into. Just be careful you don't go from one relationship to the next, guys, without spending any time on getting to know yourself. This is really important. You can be charismatic and engaging, and people may be drawn to you. Uh, The Libra sign is a sign that can see everyone's flaws. They have a lot of opinions. They are very much judgmental, guys, too. A lot of great talk show radio hosts have this aspect in their chart. Uh, this is, uh, something that you can find with people really saying their opinion, really speaking their mind, doing it unrepentantly, really being firm in their convictions. And this is something that I've just kind of researched as a little quirky thing in my life where I have seen a lot of people that I listen to on various podcasts or radio shows have this aspect because they're really good at not just being polarizing, but stating what they feel. So that's, that's something to know. They are very much in tune with how they look. They are always learning how to handle a bad hair day. They're very, a a little bit vain in this way. Libras care about presentation. A Libra that you guys have heard too much about is Kim Kardashian. That's a Libra son. So think about how she's crafted a whole career around what she looks like. That's Libra to the T. And that's also why she can't stay out of (laughs) A relationship, guys. And she never takes too much of a break in between relationships because of that Libra influence in her chart. They can be quite competitive. 
though it usually won't be in a bad way. And they can sway people to their side very easily. They're very charming, guys. This is something you do well, charm. If you see people being treated unfairly, this is your pet peeve. You want world peace. You can make compromises and you likely take a lot of steps to keep harmony. Your home is a place that is pleasant and it is attractive to you. People comment on your home. They talk about how beautiful it is and how much time you've put into it. And guys, listen, we are getting near our time. And so next week we will finish up with Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces natal moon. We'll hit that right at the top of the show. We'll go into that and we will wrap up the moon series because I don't want to run out of time talking to you about it right now. Um, Let's see here. I think actually that I might have time for one more. Let's do, let's try to hit Sagittarius in and then we'll get right into it next week. Natal moon and Sagittarius. It's a fun, loving, easygoing sign. Uh, If you have this moon here, you're jolly, (laughs) like old Saint Nick. You love to laugh. You love to have a good time. You don't stress out too much. And that also goes for Sagittarius sun, especially about the little things. You're cheerful. You're fun to be around. You value freedom and hate it when you feel trapped. You guys are the entrepreneurs, Sagittarius sun and natal moons. You're not meant to be bossed around. You are the boss. <laughs> so if you are out of alignment with that, your life can feel very confining. So you need to find a, a way, a path, an avenue so that you can be your best self and really kind of step into your destiny, Sagittarius. You are a leader, okay? You are not a follower. So it's very important. You value freedom and you hate it. Again, like I said, when you feel trapped, you're best on your own and on the open road, or open sky, if you prefer flying. Uh, I know someone who used to be a flight attendant, and she has this aspect in her chart. You may have difficulty being there for people when things are not going well and have a tendency to run when things are too intense. Now, this is something that you work on over the years. You develop this kind of stick-and-stay attitude as an adult, and you you get better with time. So that's don't worry about that. That's something that does change over time. It's very important that you learn this to stick around. Otherwise you'll never have truly fulfilling relationships. Some of you are great teachers. You can be very devoted to your beliefs. You have an optimism about you and about life that no other sign has, but it can backfire on you if you are not realistic. So if you have earth in your chart, that'll help ground you and bring you down. There's a difference between believing the bills will get paid and actually Paying the bills. So again, earth in your chart will help you balance that out. You will likely always be young at heart, forever young. You'll always be forever young and seem warm and friendly to all. You'll also be the life of the party. You'll be the person that people come to for a good time. Uh, I also want to put a little note of information here. If you're in a relationship with a Sagittarius son or someone with their this in their natal chart, they have a hard time being tethered to a relationship because for them, variety is the spice of life. Travel is like the, the thing that makes their heart beat and being free. They can be in a long-term monogamous relationship, but they have to have lots of things to explore in that, not other people, just hobbies and other self-interests. And that will keep them grounded. If you're interested in marrying, if you're a girl, you're interested in marrying a Sag guy that has this placement in their chart, 
don't put the noose around too tight. They've got to feel like they're like your stray cat. <laughs> They've got to feel like you'll let them go anywhere. And trust me, ladies, they'll always come home. The same thing for men. If you're dating someone with this in their chart, don't be clingy right away. And I love you. And we're going to be together forever. They will run. Okay. I know that from experience <laughs> dealing with Sagittarius is watching it up close with my clients, guys. So thank you. I want to thank you so much for joining me. If you're interested in contacting me for a reading this week, and you'd like a radiant angel reading of energy or a rare reading, you can contact me at 321-216-5747. That's 321-216-5747. It's been so good sharing energy with you this week. And I will start the top of the show next week with the last few moon signs. Sorry, guys. We ran out of time. It was so juicy this week. And I really enjoyed sharing that with you. So tune in next week. We have a special guest who is a musician who will be telling us about his travels with the band Fish, amongst many other amazing things he's done. This guy is a character. He's a hoot. Tune in next week as we continue to evolve together. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.